growing up, my dad had this habit, this tradition that he would save uh, a decent chunk of his vacation for the end of the year. So he would be home like December 18th to the end of the year. And it was awesome. I loved having dad home for an extended period of time. But an added bonus was that he always brought a year's worth of Dilbert calendar pieces. Now, if you don't know what that is, Dilbert is a, is a comic strip that runs in the newspapers that really is poking fun at, uh, at work life in, uh, in corporate America. And, and there's always repetition and recurring themes, and one of them is the comic strip about the topper. All the comic strips for the topper work something like this. A coworker will make a statement like, man, I went for a really long walk last night. And in will walk the topper, and he's like, that's nothing. My thighs are so strong that I'm scared to jump rope when the sun is directly overhead. Like, he just says something utterly ridiculous in an effort to seem better than whoever he's talking to. And the writer is really poking fun at those people who always need to one-up the other, to be superior to those around them. Really, he's poking fun at all of us, isn't he? Because in one way or another, we all boast. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're looking at boasting and what its presence should be in the Christian community. And from our text, we're going to look at the formula for boasting, the foolishness of boasting, and the foundation for boasting. So just to make sure that we're all on the same page, let's define what it means to boast. To boast means to verbally show off. And while we don't use boast a lot in conversation, we have a lot of words to describe boasting, don't we? We have humble brag. We have flexing. Or maybe you're scrolling through social media and you'll see someone uh, post some great picture with, uh, you know, hashtag blessed, hashtag no filter. We have a plethora of ways to verbally show off our, ourselves and our life. Now, that, there is a difference between sharing about your vacation to the Bahamas and boasting. When we are boasting, we're trying to create something. We're trying to, uh, we're trying to bring about a particular response from people. We're trying to get them to value us. And that's because deep down, our identities are not self made. Try as we might, we are unable to make ourselves feel significant. Someone or someones has to tell us that we are accepted, that we matter. And we're actually quite good at communicating this or the opposite of this, aren't we? Have you ever tried to enter a group and instantly felt like you were unwanted? Odds are they didn't turn to you and say, we don't want you here. But, but from their eyes, from their posture, from the way they spoke to you or the way they responded when you spoke, they made it abundantly clear that you were not valued in their circle. And so we're kind of in a pickle, aren't we? We need to be accepted, to be validated and appreciated, but we need other people to do that for us. And so how are we supposed to get what we need? And that's where boasting comes in. When we boast, we are trying to convince people that we are worth valuing. And because everyone needs to be validated, we've created certain categories to make it easier for us to be noticed and to boast. Some popular ones include academic success. 
athletic ability, physical attractiveness, where you live, what type of car your parents or you drive, and we can go on and on and on, but the point remains, we have these categories that both make it easier for us to boast and to find people who will value us. If I'm trying to boast in my basketball skills, I'm not going to debate club. I'm going to rec ball because they are more likely to value me. It's the situation that we all find ourselves in, and uh, one, one children's book actually describes it like this. Imagine that all of us are going through life with two sets of stickers. We have a set of gold star stickers and a set of gray dot stickers. And so we're going through life, and we are trying to, to get people's approval, their gold stars, because we want to be the one with the most gold stars. But then everyone else is also getting gold stars, so how are we supposed to distinguish ourselves from others? We start handing out gray dots. We start disapproving of people, tearing people down, acting like we are better than others because we have to be noticed. And this is the, the vicious cycle that we find ourselves trapped in. That is, until something amazing happens when we accept Jesus as our Savior and King. In Jesus, we are freed from the stickers. We are loved and valued. But tragically, it is a system that we hesitate to let go of, which is why our text exists. Our text this evening is addressing a context that might actually feel familiar to you. The Apostle Paul is writing to a group of Christians who had gotten back into the boasting game. They were still trying to distinguish themselves, but they were just using new categories. Rather than using wealth or power or land, they were using things like, I like this preacher, or, or I, I'm able to go do this at the market, or I have this spiritual gift. New categories, same problem. And it's a problem that, if left unchecked, will destroy any community, especially the Christian one. And so the Apostle Paul is writing in response to what's going on in the city of Corinth. And he starts by highlighting the foolishness of boasting. He says in verse 26, Consider your calling. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He tells the Corinthians that there is nothing in their story worth boasting about. And that's true of anyone alive. Uh, we often look at people's accomplishments and say, there is the person who can boast. Like, let's take Michael Phelps, right? Michael Phelps is a world-class athlete. He has the most Olympic medals to date. We would look at him and the eight-plus hours a day he spent in the pool and say, that man has a right to boast. But he really doesn't, because much of his success has nothing to do with his work ethic. A lot of his success has to do with the fact of his genetics. Michael Phelps did not choose that he would be built for swimming. Michael Phelps did not choose his family of origin, who would allow him to swim for eight hours a day. He didn't choose where he would be born when he would be born. And we can go on and on and on. Now, my point is not that you shouldn't work hard and study and all of that. My point is, 
that the things we normally boast in are dependent on things we can't take credit for. If you're a 4.0 student, that's awesome. You didn't give yourself that brain. God did. If you're an amazing athlete, that's awesome. God made you that way. You did nothing to earn it or to manufacture it. And so at a minimum, no one can take credit for, for the things that we really boast in. And this is doubly true for the Christian. It, it sounds like that the Corinthian believers were a lot like Steve Rogers in the first Avengers before the Vita race, right? And so they were these scrawny, weak, insignificant individuals until they are injected with Jesus, and then they become these important, buff, Captain America-like individuals. They were walking around thinking that they, because they had been called and chosen by God, then they must be more important than everyone else. And so now they just have to distinguish themselves from each other. But I want you to notice what the text says, or rather what it does not say. It doesn't say that God took the weak of this world and made them the new strong. Rather, it says that he brings all of them down to a common level. In other words, being a Christian does not make you superior to others. God has not given us a new way, a new set of categories to distinguish ourselves and verbally show off. Paul's point to the Corinthians is rather straightforward. He wants them to stop thinking and acting like they are superior to each other. They are all in the same boat. They are all on a level playing field. And that solves the presenting problem of one person or group thinking or acting like they are superior to another. But it really doesn't solve our original problem. We still have this base need of, of, of being noticed and validated and approved of. And it would seem as if Paul is telling them that they have nothing to distinguish themselves by. They have no reason to boast, which means no one should ever approve of them, which is not quite right. Paul says that they and we have nothing to boast about in ourselves. I actually think that the Christian community should be one full of boasting, but a, a certain type of boasting. And in the last few verses, Paul lays out that foundation for boasting, verse 30 and 31. And because of him, of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Paul says that we ought to boast to be verbally showing off, but we should be showing off the Lord Jesus. We should do that because he is our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. Now, we could parse out the meaning of each one of these loaded terms, but I, I don't want us to miss the forest for the trees. The thing that makes us validated, approved, and significant is because we are in Jesus. And that's not some concealed self-boasting, like, look, I'm in Jesus, so I'm important. That's not it at all, because Paul makes it very clear. Look at your calling. <laughs> Corinthians, look at your calling. You weren't significant. You did nothing to stand out. You did nothing to merit being chosen. It is out of God's love and grace that you were. 
And so to boast in Jesus is to proclaim who he is and what he has done for us and for all creation. It's declaring how Jesus, though he was rich, yet for our sake became poor, so that by his poverty we might become rich. And here's how that changes the game. When we grasp that we have been purchased, not by gold or silver, but by the precious blood of Jesus, when it, it sinks in that we have infinite value in the eyes of God because he paid an infinite price for us on the cross, it, it frees us from the need to boast, at least boast in ourselves. We don't need to be constantly validated, which means we can relate to one another differently. It's no longer, how can I convince you to approve of me? And so the line in the sand for us tonight is to be a boasting community, one that verbally shows off God, to be those who take our value from King Jesus' attitude and action towards us and allow that to fulfill our need and to free that up to celebrate and rejoice whenever other people are succeeding. Let me close with Jeremiah 23 and Jeremiah 29, 3 through 4, which says, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth.